says, I'm born with no hands. How am I going to play baseball? How am I going to play football? Yeah. And his mantra is, figure it out. He goes, mm. I'm not handicapped. He goes, I go to a hotel and they put me in a handicap room. I don't need to be in a handicap room. He says, I try to take a shower and I, I, I need a shower. I don't need one of those things where it comes off because the water will be all over the place. He goes, you got to be able to figure it out. He goes, I want to play baseball with my brother. My brother was good. I didn't have any hands. So what did I do? Um, I had to figure out how I could catch the ball. Uh, and I started catching with my chest into the glove. And then I tried to get it yeah. into the glove to throw it back. Yeah. He says, I finally figured out how to do whatever I had to do. He says, I played baseball. Yeah. Might not have been great at it, but I figured it out. And a lot of people are afraid of figuring things yeah. out, about thinking the process out, to what yeah. you do. So, oh, it's great. That's a great topic. This is life. This is business. This is the world. And what it looks like when people come together. This is the sound of Fio Media. tell you the story about how to figure it out about the guy that had no hands no arms from the no. school up in uh, certainly not. California no. uh, that was told he couldn't play football and he uh, he played football played high school football played college football went to talk to uh, um, many people about being able to figure it out he says I'm born with no hands how am I going to play baseball how am I going to play football yeah and his mantra is figure it out he goes mm. I'm not handicapped he goes I go to a hotel and they put me in a handicap room I don't need to be in a handicap room he says I try to take a shower and I, I, I need a shower I don't need one of those things where it comes off because the water will be all over the place he goes you got to be able to figure it out he goes I want to play baseball with my brother my brother was good I didn't have any hands so what did I do um, I had to figure out how I could catch the ball uh, and I started catching with my chest into the glove and then I tried to get it yeah. into the glove to throw it back. Yeah. He says, I finally figured out how to do whatever I had to do. He says, I played baseball. Yeah. Might not have been great at it, but I figured it out. And a lot of people are afraid of figuring things yeah. out, about thinking the process out to what yeah. you need to do. So oh, it's great. that's a great topic. Yeah, that's our exact mantra. It came from our football coach. Um, his method of teaching was just that uh, basically, you needed to figure it out on your own. You know, there's certain things, and I'm sure you are aware of this, in football and life, you can't exactly teach exactly what to do. He couldn't teach me how to catch a football. He could teach me, you know, this is the route you need to run, this is how you need to get open. But at the end of the day, it was my own mental, you know, challenge I had to overcome for me to be able to just catch the ball. Right. Um, so his way of doing that was just kind of saying, you need to figure it out. And that became our mantra in our business as well because, you know, there's a lot of challenges that we had to face and it often becomes very uh, overwhelming and very stressful when you see all these challenges in front of you. Um, but the way that we kind of navigated them is just attacking it head on and saying, we're going to get through this, we're going to figure out a solution. Um, it's usually the best way, I mean, I think, you, you do, you have to figure out a way to be able, you know, in coaching, how am I going to beat this team, okay, how, how are we going to beat this team that pounded us earlier on in the season, you know, we're playing them at their place for the uh, ability to go play for the state championship, how are we going to beat that team, Yeah. you know, uh, we sat down and came up with a plan, uh, a scheme, a defensive scheme, something they weren't ready for and planned for, and it worked to, to perfection. Uh, the kids had to execute it, 
but it, it, we were still in a close football game, but we were able to win. Yeah. Uh, because we came up with something, yeah. an idea, you know, a plan. And we used it, uh, that same idea going into our um, state championship game against, again, a team that beat us in the regular season. A much closer game, but was successful for us. Of course, the weather had a little factor in yeah. it, too, I think. <laughs> Great but, game. You know, whatever, but, yeah. right, you're, com you're trying to come up with a plan, you know, something that you have to, how, how can we beat, how can we be competitive and beat this team? Do whatever we have to do. You know, yeah, we have to sit down and yeah, figure it out. Come up with a plan. How to utilize our personnel. How to come up with some things that will make it difficult for the opponent. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Awesome. I mean, that was a great little introduction. Um, so I guess from here, let's kind of start this thing off. Even though we already did. Uh, this is the one of the episodes of the Figure It Out video series. Uh, purpose of this is just interview successful people and hopefully um, by telling your story, by telling the story of other people like you, uh, people out there can learn from this. Um, so today we have my former high school uh, football coach Marcus Borden. Um, he's a very influential person in, in the community, uh, coached at East Brunswick for over 30 years. I was the head coach here for 30 years. 30 correct. years, and um, and also runs the Snapple Bowl, which is... Well, formerly the Snapple formerly Bowl, the Snapple it, will, Bowl. It, it will be starting in 2019, the Autoland Classic, right. uh, it was just something else. but. Uh, you know, I know you'd asked me about how I got into coaching. Yeah. How did how did this all start uh, way back? Yeah. Um, I went to Lehigh University. I was a scholarship athlete. Um, graduated from uh, Notre Dame High School in upstate New York, an all-guys school. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, go there or to West Point. Um, really wanted to go to Duke. It didn't work out. But, you know, hey, it all, I think things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to make a career out of the military, even though some people said I would probably have been perfect for it. It just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I accepted the challenge to go to Lehigh University, and um, I played there for five years, um, and that is before you had fifth-year eligibility. Mm -hmm. I played as a graduate student. I was the first in the country, as were many that really? year to be the first in the country to play as gra graduate students sure. at your university because of the NCAA allowing you a fifth year of eligibility. So I graduated early. Um, so I had, throughout my career I had uh, you know, a multitude of injuries. Um, uh, you know, I was going to start as a sophomore and uh, you know, I, I pulled my hamstring <laughs> before, before going to camp to run the 40. You know, so it hampered me the whole season. My sophomore year, I had a great spring game. I was the, I was the corner. I was the guy. You know, I suffered through injury. Um, I had several knee uh, surgeries at Lehigh. One my freshman year. One later on uh, after that. Um, you know, so I, I battled through some of those things. I went into my fourth year, uh, the year uh, which was not the fifth year. My fourth year um, had a, a pretty good year of football. And I had one more year of eligibility because I was basically redshirted. Cool. Right. So um, I got the opportunity to go in. Uh, I break my leg the week before our first game against UConn in, practice, in a scrimmage. So uh, where did I end up? In, in the I ended up in the booth. That's what I did. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't run. Uh, I tried to come back from it. It was not a major bone, bur uh, the major bone, but it was still uh, a bone that was was broken. I went up in the press box the first game that I couldn't play and I started out by helping the offensive coaches by 
calling the defensive coverage because mm -hmm. uh, obviously I played in the secondary, so I knew the coverages. Uh, I was capable of uh, telling them what coverages they were running, and you know, uh, gave them the chart and did all of that. From our standpoint on the defensive side, my job was to help the our defensive coordinator with what they're doing offensively. Yeah. So basically, I was trying to help out with. Um, routes that were being run by the receivers right. where we looked like we were miss you know we were misaligned or missed this missed that uh, where that last play run did you see how they blocked the edge I did I saw the blocking I saw I started to learn the tricks of the trade right then and there I couldn't play I, I was not able to play um, I was on still on my scholarship um, you know I said geez if this is as close as I can get to being on the field I can help my teammates out uh, we went on to win the division uh, uh, two national championship. Um, I unfortunately didn't get the, I got the ring, but I didn't feel like I participated in it because I didn't play. Yeah. Um, I decided to stay on as a graduate assistant um, at Lehigh because I was offered that opportunity. Coach was happy with my performance. I felt I got better and better as I went along sitting in the coaches' meetings, etc. It's the closest I could get to the game than playing it anymore. I certainly wasn't going to go to the NFL, even though I tested like some of the guys did, and I ran fast, and I could have had an opportunity to get put into a camp, but not with being beat up as much as yeah, I had been over yeah. my career. So I decided to go the coaching route. So I was a graduate assistant at Lehigh. Um, I was involved in uh, working with the freshmen. I, I, was a, I assisted with the varsity with the secondary, mm -hmm. coached the secondary. Um, I uh, had the opportunity to do that the first year. The second year, I ended up uh, becoming the chief, chief scout. I went out scouting on the week uh, mm -hmm. on the weekends with our other scout, my former freshman coach. I went out with him, and ended I, I ended up becoming the chief scout. Uh, I would go uh, evaluate each week our opponents in mm -hmm. person. Uh, so I got that ability. I would come back and give my report on Sunday morning in both meetings. Um, I learned an awful lot about the game. I, I could. I uh, certainly could coach the offensive side of the ball as a receiver. I could coach. I could be a defensive back. I felt comfortable with that. Um, you know, I knew the I knew the defense inside and out. And learned it through my coaches and knew the stunts and I knew the packages and I felt comfortable in coaching any of the defensive techniques. Uh, I felt I could coach running backs or quarterbacks. Uh, haven't had the ability to work with all the guys through the years and. Um, I was very fortunate that my head coach was let me coach uh, the offensive line at spring ball. I said, I need to know how to coach the offensive line mm -hmm. if I ever want to become a head coach, whether it's in high school or college. I need to know every facet of the game. Yeah. He says, oh, don't worry, Marcus, you have the opportunity. You will coach the offensive line in the spring ball mm -hmm. and work with me. And, he, and I learned so much from him and found out Hey, this is how the offense is going to go, guys. Because if I don't know, if we don't know what's going on up front, it can't happen. So, I enjoyed my stay doing that. I had the opportunity to be hired as a full-time coach at Lehigh. I talked with my defensive uh, back coach because he was leaving, and he, we sat and talked. He knew I invested a lot in my education. Knew I was a foreign language teacher, and that I probably wanted to do that. He says you have to make a decision. He said. The, being a, a college coach uh, is, is a tough road. Um, you got to make a decision in your life. Because he says, I know you, you're going to be a person that wants to go to the top. He says, and you're going to move. You're going to constantly move. Your family's not going to be stable. You may, you may be here for a year and gone the next year. You, you know, it's one of those lifestyles yeah. that's tough on your family. 
and I, and I hadn't had a family, really. I didn't have a family, but I was thinking about that. Um, so I said, uh, you know, I, I, so I told Coach Whitehead, my coach, said, Coach, I appreciate the opportunity. I think I'm going to go to Bethlehem Catholic with Chuck, who was one, uh, one of my teammates who became the head coach over there, asked me to become the defensive coordinator. So I did. For two years, I was over at Bethlehem Catholic. Um, my last year there, I, I was running the defense. I was a defensive coordinator. My last year there, I got an opportunity. We were pretty good. I think we were 9-1-1. One, one. Uh, we had multiple shutouts. I, I had a good time coaching the D. Got to go get some pretty good guys. Uh, and uh, so I, I wanted to be uh, in high school. You arrive at East Brunswick now um, after you know short little six years that's a good amount of experience coaching already yes um, so what are some of the initial challenges you face you mentioned a little bit about you know you had to start to build the character of, of these young men how did you go about doing that well you know I think uh, when you come in as a the new guy in town so to speak uh, you come in with a plan and I, I had a plan I, I felt uh, my experience at Lehigh and my experience at Bethlehem Catholic um, were uh, very good experiences, uh, taught me a lot of things. Uh, one thing I learned from my head coach at Lehigh was that he always laid his cards on the table. What he told you was the truth and he laid it out there. I felt it was important to be honest with my players at all times, mm -hmm. okay, and, and the parents. It was not, I didn't want to be somebody that would fill you up with BS. Yeah. I don't want you to think you're greater than you are. Right. Um, I want to let you know exactly where you stand. So when I would go into a meeting with my head coach at the end of spring ball or at the end of the season, we'd have our uh, you know exit meetings, he'd lay his cards on the table and he said to me, hey Borden, I'm just going to tell you flat out, you're never going to play for us. If you can't be healthy, you're not playing. Yeah. And it was, coach, that's obvious. If I can't stay healthy, I can't play. I can be the fastest guy on this team. I can be the strongest guy on this team. And I was one of both. But I couldn't stay healthy. I was banged up. Um, you know, so that was my goal. My goal was that I had to do that. When I came in here, I told our kids um, that um, I'm going to treat you with respect. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes you may not like what you're going to hear from me, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say to you, listen, John, if you want to be a quarterback on our team, this is what you're going to have to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to help you be that. I'm going to do everything I can to make you the best you can be. But the bottom line is, you got to be able to do this, this, and this. Yeah. And and it's not hard, John. The reality is, you're going to go out and compete. The best guy's going to play. I don't care if it's the freshman, the sophomore, the junior, or the senior. Everybody's going to compete. We yeah. want competition. So the more competition there is, the better we'll be as a football team. So. You know, um, I, I wanted guys to understand that they competed. I wanted them to understand that you don't get handed to you. It's hard work. There's yeah. no, there's no easy way around it. So as an athlete myself, um, I knew that you had to work out what you needed to do. Mm -hmm. I knew that you had to be in a weight room. When I came here, there was no weight room here. It was, it was, it was machines. I was like, are you kidding me? I need free weights. I need a free weight room for my football team. Well, we got. It. We got that room. It's the same room, unfortunately, here. It should be better for our size of the school. But we were, they had no free weights in the school. Mm -hmm. We got free weights. We needed to be able to do the exercises that would make us better football players. So I had a workout program that I had already had in place, having been at Lehigh. Used that same program when I was at Bethlehem Catholic because I was in charge of the weight room as well as uh, the conditioning program. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew what had to be done. but. 
the game evolves, so you need to be always improving yourself as a coach and your players and training techniques. And all our players here that knew me over the years knew how our training evolved and changed. But we were way ahead of everybody else in our conference. Our kids were the best shape ever. Yeah. We always were. Why? We ran track workouts because I was a track guy. Yeah. So I tried to make our linemen, as you know, be able to run like track people and get more athletic and whatever. We did all those things. We followed some of what the major programs were doing. You may remember the hurdle exercises we did yeah. in the off season. Yeah. Stretching, flexing, doing crazy contortions, all sorts of quick quickness drills. You know, Nebraska was doing this. People were doing this. People that were trying to get fast because the Miami Hurricanes were the fast team. Yeah. You know, so we were trying to be big and fast. That was part of our program. We had to computerize the weight program here uh, as we evolved. I had a weight program. Our guys followed it, and I worked out with our team. Our team, when I came in here at 27 years old, I was still athletic, mm -hmm. so I ran. And I ticked off a lot of our guys here because <laughs> they didn't realize I was that fast. So they were ticked. They couldn't believe this. this old guy. This guy's 27 years old. He's outrunning me. You know, I ran the workout with him. They couldn't believe it. They're like gassing. This old, this guy, this guy. Is, yeah, I worked out with my our kids in the weight room. I lifted more than most of our guys did in my day. I was always the strongest guy on my team at Lehigh because I liked the weight room and I had natural strength anyway. So I developed it. I made so I was physically strong and fast. I wasn't big. I'm five ten, five eleven. I played at 175. I went 181 year, 185. I just didn't like it, so I went back down. Mm -hmm. But I, I was, you know, I was I lifted. I was strong. I could bench more than anybody in my football team, weight pound for pound. And when I was in college, when I came here, the kids found out I was pretty, pretty <laughs> tough in the weight room. Yeah. They, uh, so we worked out, and it's, uh, until uh, you know, it was. If it was good enough for the coach, it's good enough for me. And I worked with all our kids. I taught them. I tried to get them to understand what what you need to do. You just don't go in and lift. You go in and work out. Yeah. You go in and try to accomplish something. So we had goals. We, you know, we were saying you're trying to increase your bench, trying to do squatting. Kids hated squatting. You know that. Got to squat. It's the only way you want to get faster. People didn't believe me. Yeah. But it works. You know, we did deadlifts. We did, you know, we did all of the stuff you had to do, and um, you know, so you're building that trust, you know, yeah. and that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to build trust. You, you know, the kids gonna go through the wall for you, yeah. but it's not for me. We have to play as a group. Yeah. You know, um, people laugh and say, "Borden, you had some of the best teams and biggest teams in your early years." Yeah, we did. We had some very good and big kids, um, but the community changed. But we dealt with a different issue, and that was trying to be a team. We were two individuals, yeah. too much individuals, and that was part of a problem. Yeah. So, you know, we were 10 and 0 going into our state championship game in two, in '84. Played in our own stadium and lost 27-26 to a team we had beaten the regular season. Um, but with they thought they had it in the bag. No, no, you got it tougher this time. You're supposed to win. They're they're not supposed to win. Yeah. You're supposed to win. Yeah. You know, you, you 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 didn't play with that same fervor right. that you did the first time when you never beat this team before. JP Stevens and East was one of the top programs in the county. You know, not people don't know that. And East Brunswick had a very lousy record against Stevens. Very bad record. You know. Well we beat them in a regular season. We we won. Okay, well guess what? These guys are well coached. They're gonna be ready for you next time. And we lost 27-26, you know, yeah. hey, tough game, tough to swallow. Would have been 11-0.
in my second year here, you know, whatever. You know, we were consistent. Our kids worked hard. They believed in the program and what it takes, you know. And listen, um, things change, you gotta change. And it changed. We got smaller, our community changed. Mm -hmm. What did we do? Sure, I love to throw the ball. We had some all-American quarterbacks, kids that could throw the rock. Yeah. But guess what? Our line was small. So what did we do? We went through triple option. Yeah. We did that in 1990. And from that point on, we were in a triple. We won two state championships running the triple. Yeah. People were like, what? Yeah. Now, should we, and could we have won state championships? Yeah, we were in the playoffs many times, but we couldn't come over the hurdle. Couldn't get over the hurdle. Yeah. You know, so we were in championship game a couple times. We got knocked out of the playoffs in the first round a couple times. You know, um, but the teams that won or had a chance to compete for state championships were teams. They were a bunch of guys that believed in each other and played for each other. Yeah. And it didn't matter who got the glory. All they wanted was the W. Yeah. And that's where the difference is. The teams that can understand that, that you get the glory at the end. Yeah, when you all win. When it's all, when you win. Yeah. You know, ah, you know, it was tough. I mean, yeah, we had some good athletes. We had some guys who went to big schools. Yeah. We had a quarterback that goes to Pitt, another guy that goes to UConn, another guy who plays at Maryland, and another guy that goes to Vanderbilt, and another guy, you know, we had all these Division One players. We mm -hmm. did. We had guys who went the JC route. We had guys who went the one double A. Most of your kids go to Division Three and Division Two ball mm -hmm. and are successful. Mm -hmm. You know, but you know you can't worry about stats. You can't worry about how many touchdown passes you had during the season. Yeah. Just go and play the game. Yeah. It takes care of itself. I'm not gonna worry. I'm not calling plays to see that you get a touchdown pass. I'm not worried about Johnny carrying the ball 50 times. It's a game that we're playing. And it's their strategy, and you're going to utilize your personnel to the best of their ability. And you've got, you know, you're trying, you're trying to win as a whole, yeah. as a group. And that's a, that's a tough thing in the world that we live in today, more so now than back in the day. And now we're dealing with different issues. Everybody wants to be the guy. Yeah. Not everybody's going to be a guy. Yeah. You know, it's nice though when you win as a team. You know, when you got, oh, yeah. when you got a group of guys. When, and I think the other thing is when you get a. 25 guys that stay together from the time oh, yeah. they, they come up right. together, 20, 25 that's guys, that's huge for your football team yeah. because you have leadership and it means a big thing. They understand what it takes to get there. Yeah. It really does. All right, so you seem like the kind of leader, you know, being a guy who was in the weight room lifting with your teams, on the track, running with your teams, you're the kind of leader who leads by example and is never up on a pedestal. Uh, you don't, you're not a boss, um, you're a leader. You help your teams become more successful. How critical do you think that was to your success and to your ability to build this kind of team instead of a group of individuals? You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it works when it's good. And then there's times when it crashes. Mm -hmm. And then you, and, and has there been a time where it crashed? Yeah, there has. Mm -hmm. There have been times where it's crashed where you're on the other end of the stick. And people, people have got to understand that coaching today is a difficult, difficult job. More so now than ever. And do I miss coaching? Well, I'm on the sideline every Friday and Saturday or Thursday or whatever day it is. I'm very active and involved in football. People don't realize that. They think I'm not, I am, but I'm quite into it. But I'll talk about that later. 
Um, every dad, every mom has an opinion of their son. Yeah. Their opinion is glorified. Yeah. Okay. I'm a coach. My opinion of my son was, you're not good enough. That's my wife and I are both coaches. So we, we, we were tougher probably on our own kids than we were anybody else. Yeah. Because we're, you know, I'm, my expectations are high. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, I, I coached my son in Pop Warner, and I coached Pop Warner football for five years at South River with Benny LaSala, who was head coach of Colonia. And his son was there, Joe LaSala, who's now the head coach at Woodbridge. Mm -hmm. And he's a great kid, a great athlete. The whole thing. We, I coach these guys together. And um, so I got, I got that perspective. And I said, geez, it starts down there. That's part of the problem. And then when he gets to high school, it even gets worse. Yeah. Poor kids. I mean, yeah. I went down there and coached Pop Warner. And the first thing I told uh, one of the coaches was, stop yelling at your son. Don't yell at your son anymore. Coach your son. Don't yell at him. Don't scream at him. You're not teaching him anything. Teach him. The second thing I said was, don't embarrass the other kids on the football team. And he says, well, what do you mean? Well, when we're going to do tackling drills, I want the best against the best. So I want your son going against the next best player because he's only going to get better if he keeps getting beat by uh, Zaire all the time. I want Zaire to beat him every time. I don't want your son to be able to tackle him. And when he can tackle Zaire, then we're going to be a better football team. So you better pair your kids up equally. Yeah. Don't scare away the guy that's the first-year guy by putting him against Zaire. What the heck are you going to do that for? He'll never play football again. Yeah. I said, I want him to learn from the guy, the guy that doesn't know how to. So that was the mentality we tried to change down right. there with those guys. Uh, the other thing was tried to tell parents to, to, to shut up in the stands and be positive. That's what we told yeah. the parents. Don't, don't yell at your kids. Don't scream. Be a positive influence. There's enough pressure when they get to high school. This is Pop Warner right now. You need to be a little bit more relaxed. I coached the offensive line at the Pop Warner level. And the guys were like, why do you want to coach, I want to coach the offensive line? Because I want these kids, I'm going to tell you, when I get done, the first and second and third team are all going to be able to block as well as each other. You're kidding me. Not telling you flat out. So when we're in a game, when we're kicking somebody's butt, we're going to go to the playoffs every time. And the reason we're going to do this is we're going to teach you how to run a practice. We're not going to just run plays. We're going to drill. I'm going to go with the line. They're going to be by themselves. I'm teaching them the plays, but they're by myself. And you're teaching the running backs how to block and the quarterbacks. And you teach these guys. So we taught some structure. Benny and I taught, taught the guys structure. Everybody's looking at like, what are these guys doing over there? Then I brought an old sled we had here that sat there and the yard barred over, got some pads on it, we put it over there and we started blocking on a sled and tackling on the sled and doing drills on the sled. And people were like, what are you doing? I'm doing what you do in a game, but we're doing it in drill work. We're teaching our kids how to be football players. Yeah. I said, you just be good fans. We'll teach you. So the parents, yeah. we tried to teach the parents to back off a little bit for five years and it's tough. You know, they were used to that, but it worked. And I can only say that that experience was great for the kids for me and for everybody else and the community because our, our team, we went to the playoffs every year, it didn't make any difference. Were, people were like stunned. And we, we might have just been an average Joes. We were, we were average, but we were better. We out-coached them because our kids know how to block. Like what? We're using, I taught our kids how to use their hands. You guys are blocking with elbows. Come on, man, this, yeah. is, this is football now. Use your hands. So we taught kids how to block with their hands, how to use their hands properly to get good position and the guy ain't gonna get off. Yeah. You know, you taught kids techniques. So I, it's down there where it's tough. Now you get to high school, now it's, everybody's a scholarship player. They're not. Yeah. That's the tough thing. Now, as I told you in, in an earlier segment here, is that I learned one thing from my 
head coach in college. He's going to tell you like it is. Lord, you're not that good. Whatever. You need to be able to do this, this, and this. Okay? Um, and he would tell you that. You're not going to sugarcoat it. Yes. And you, so you knew what you had to do to get better. All right, well, John, if you're going to come in and ask me, can I play at Penn State? And you're a five foot seven or five foot eight quarterback. I'm going to say to you, John, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that's a realistic goal for you. Yeah. Now, can you play college football? Yes, but not there. And John, I'm going to tell you why. Take a look. Did you look at the, the Star Ledger last week when they told you the top 50 players in the state where they were going? Yeah. See the size of the quarterbacks: six three, six four, six three, right. six six two, maybe the smallest. Look, that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Got it. All right. Right. If they were looking for the Michael Vick types, and they were at a certain time, and we all know that, they were, everybody was looking right. for their own Michael Vick that now could run, play, play that spread. And you know how the games evolve, so you're looking for different types. But the reality was, this is what it was. Back in the day, everybody wanted a Penn State linebacker. They were all 6'3", 220, 240. Yeah. Okay, well, guess what? Miami had 5'10 guys, 5'11 that ran like deer. Yeah, right. And then all of a sudden, everybody's running a 4'3 defense. They ain't running that defense to run at Penn State anymore. They were linebacker you. That changed. And then Miami becomes quarterback you. And now Miami's got the 4'3 defense, and they're all over the place. And there's Jimmy Johnson. The game changes. Athletes. Athletes. Now you look out there and you see what there is. There are athletes. So... The pressures are great on players, parents, everybody. And then, of course, the coaches out recruiting them. Yeah. You know, so we're dealing with a different animal now, social media. Everybody's out there. That's a good thing. And, again, it's a bad thing, too, because kids got to be aware of the pitfalls. Nothing wrong with getting my huddle highlights out there, though, to make sure everybody sees what I've accomplished. Better teach my kids how to put their huddle highlights out there. John, don't give me a 15-minute tape. All I need is about seven, eight minutes. You better have your top ten plays right off the bat, because that's probably all that coach is watching anyway. Yeah. You ain't got time. Yeah. There's a lot of kids out there. And you know what? Let's get the right school for you. Yeah. Do you want to go and sit on a bench for four or five years, or do you want to play? Yeah. Go to the school where you can play football. Yeah. You enjoy the game, because guess what? It's a lot harder. Now, we do know that some of our guys that have gone on have been successful because of how our work ethic was, and people knew when they came out of East Brunswick, they were in shape, they knew how to prepare themselves. Yeah. When they went back to camp, they knew they had to be ready to go, and our kids usually were, yeah. and have been successful at all those, all those places, but the game's a t it's different, and the challenges become increasingly uh, more difficult for coaches, high school coaches, the college coach, mom and dad, the athlete. Yeah. The athlete that's probably there saying, Man, I know I can't play there, but my dad says I gotta be. You're not playing there. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. We already know the percentage of athletes that get those scholarships. Right. And we know the percentage of those that go to the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's minuscule. Right. right. Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with just being a guy that goes out and plays football and has a good time, gets Absolutely. a college education. Yeah. You know, you can go to a great academic school, and you know that yourself. Go to a great academic school, play football, get some money from football, be able to go to that school, yeah. and have a great experience. Yeah. So, you know, challenges are greater today. Yeah. You mentioned it's not all about going to the biggest school. It's not always about getting a scholarship. Uh, there's a lot more you can get out of the game by just being able to play it, having the opportunity to either get on the field, or even if you can't get on the field, just being around a team of guys, pushing yourself. Uh, you know, what types of lessons have you learned from football and have you observed that some of your you know, players have learned from football over the years? You, know, you, you listen to guys that come back or call you or email you, say, Coach, I'm thinking about you. I remember, uh, you know, 
uh, everything you taught me in terms of being disciplined at school, having, being responsible. Um, you know, I, I, I think you know that I ask our players to be respectful to our teachers at school, yeah. go to class on time, show, show respect, be different than everybody else because it's easy to fall in and be like everybody else. But let, let's try to step it up a little bit. Um, you know, so be respectful. And then I made it, I, I felt that it was important that if you, we needed to address those issues if they weren't being handled. Yeah. You know, that if you weren't doing those things, because if we're not all trying to be the same in terms of how we go about doing things, uh, we're going to have problems. Um, if we can't, you might be the best athlete in the program and you might not be playing in the next cycle because you're not doing what you're supposed to do in the classroom. Yeah. You know, you've, so, as a coach, it's your job to, um, and I always took it as part of my job to make sure our kids were doing what they're supposed to do in the classroom. It's very important, you know. Uh, and you're not, some guys are never going to play the game again when they walk out of here and not put the pads on out of high school. Uh, there'll be only a few that are going to go on to play and have that college experience. So while you're in the experience, maybe what those things that we're trying to teach you now will help you later on in life yeah. when you're trying to be on your own and understand that I need to follow a routine, I need to budget my time, yeah. I need to understand the importance of being on time. Uh, so if I was a pain in the butt because you came to practice late, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna send you home. Because guess what? You might go to work late this day, and you might go to work late tomorrow, and your office is already cleaned out, and they said, John, I'm sorry, but we can't, we can't tolerate your tardiness to yeah. work. So if you were doing that at practice, you know, something that you thought you cared about playing football, if that's how it is, listen, real, the real world is you're, not, you're gonna be going earning a living. So, you know, some of those things you learn, the discipline you learn from football will carry over into your life. Maybe how you raise your own kids, um, how you go about your life mm -hmm. itself, and some of the things you've learned, and then how to face the challenges you do. Because in football, we all face challenges. You know, we have to have a short memory, so to speak. So, listen, I, I've got some scars there from losses of games over the years. We all have, and we look at that, and it bothers us, and it'll always be there. But what did we learn from those moments, the times we were not successful? What did we learn from that? How did we learn to overcome it? Um, did I check out? Did I go home and pull the covers over my head? Or, you know, what did I do? How, oh, wait a minute, you gotta face, face it head on. You gotta, you gotta face the challenges head on. You gotta be able to accept defeat, not accept that you lost, why you lost, and then fix it. Yeah. Try to be better. Yeah. And if you don't do that, you'll never succeed. Right. You know, we know of all the great success stories, there are many, of people that have failed and then gone on to have had successful careers and, or whatever else. Uh, you know, uh, we were 0-10, hardest season ever in my life, 0-10, two years before we won a state championship. Okay, did I go home and look in the mirror? Oh, yeah. Did I have to try to hold the team together? Yeah. Did we have a chance to win a game? Yes, we did. How about being, because uh, we knew we weren't going to win on Thanksgiving because we were really in trouble. We were playing a consolation game. And I remember the game clearly because it was like the clock stopped. We were down in the game, rallied back. Uh, we were within uh, scoring 
to win the game on the two-yard line with seconds to go in the game. And the play before, we should have scored on the midline. And the quarterback wanted to know why he didn't score, so he thought maybe something happened, and it did. The tackle that was supposed to block out, blocked out, but then looked back, and the guy came off and made the tackle. And the quarterback should have scored. If he had just done his thing, and it would have been over. We would have won, right then and there. Called timeouts. I knew there was somebody confusing. So I went out there and I said, listen, we're on a midline. That's how we got down this field. We had midline, a little power. Midline, a little power. Midline, a little power. Believe that it's there. Just everybody do their job right there. Well, the, la the play before, the quarterback got tackled by somebody. He thought that he had to change the blocking scheme. So when he went to open up, he got tackled because he told somebody to block somewhere else. And that guy didn't get blocked. He was supposed to be blocked. And he got tackled and fumbled the ball and lost the ball and lost the game. That was the only chance to win. And it was like the clock stopped. So the poor, the poor kid goes home. And he's like, I, I made a mistake. I made a huge mistake. I changed the blocking scheme. I thought somebody, I, I, I didn't really understand the blocking scheme well enough to know what to do. But I made him say, he wouldn't come to school on Monday. It's like, what? So I dragged him in and I called him in. I talked, sat down and talked to him. I says, son, you made a mistake. It's over, man. It's over. It's over and done with. And you know what? You probably should have scored probably two times before that last play. Yeah. You should have scored. But it wasn't because of you. It was because somebody else was worried about somebody else doing their job instead of just doing their job. And you got tackled. Which you, I know you didn't watch the film. I know you couldn't watch the film. You didn't watch the film. You're right, coach. It's just... Get over it. Okay, so what? It's over, it's done. Learn from that. You wanted to make a change, but you didn't know what you were making a change for. And did you know how we blocked this scheme here and what we're doing and who we're trying to influence and why you couldn't have the guy behind in your back not blocked because he's the one that drills you with the ball. It's because he's supposed to unblock. And so you can't change the blocking scheme. I can, you can. <laughs> and he understood that. Well, that same kid went back the next year. We went six and four and had one a field day in a, in a play in a consolation game for ran for you know 240 yards. Had a field day from the midline. Mm -hmm. Okay, learned a lesson. And, you know, came back and as a group, that group rallied. And we came back from an 0 and 10. The next year, and then we come down a little late. We won a state championship. You know, hey, that happens. But you know, it um, challenges. Yeah challenges you face in life, so you lost your job, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do if you lose your job? Maybe, you know, you just got hired and now you lost your job. What do you do? We, I would hope from all the challenges you face in your athletic career that you know what you do. You pull up your bootstraps and you go back to work. Yeah. You figure out what you have to do. You, you're going to get back into the workforce. You, you'll do it. You're not going to go crawl in that hole. Okay, we're not. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to think about what happened. Move on. Yeah. Now let's go to work. You know, and, and there are many challenges that people face in their life and haven't experienced the highs and lows of sports. They've been able to learn how to handle those difficult moments. Yeah. You know, really. I think that that's, that's been the case. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. We covered a lot about uh, your early career, talked about some of the challenges that you face uh, throughout your career. You know, 30 years go by East Brunswick. I had the pleasure of having you as my coach. Um, 
and I know you impacted the lives of a lot of players here, and now you continue to do that uh, after your coaching career has now ended. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now and, and also about, you know, formerly Snappable and how that has impacted the community? Well, I've been, uh, I, you know, in 1994, um, 25 years ago, we put the Snappable together. Um, it was an idea that came about with trying to promote union in Middlesex County football. And there were other all-star games uh, that were out there, and uh, the Snappable came into existence by having the opportunity to meet a, a gentleman by the name of Joe Rosamilia, who was from North Brunswick and the Milrose distributor of Snapple. Um, I felt I needed to have, uh, you know, maybe a drink company involved, and that was the place I went to. Uh, I was very fortunate to meet Joe. Got a chance to get in there and get my. Uh, about 10 minutes with him because he was a busy guy and uh, he said what do you need I spelled it out for him uh, what do you want to do with the money you raise I said kids I said I haven't come up I've had a couple ideas with kids and he said do you do you mind if I have give you an idea I said no not at all he says I'd like to do the Lakeview school over in Edison for cerebral palsy mm -hmm. my granddaughter's there mm -hmm. got it I said, is there anything for Union County that we could maybe coordinate? It just so happened to the specialized hospital and the Lakeview School coordinate together. So we ended up with those two charities. We started out with a very small game looking for uh, you know, insurance money, which I went to the newspaper, my center, which is, was then the Home News Tribune, or excuse me, just the News Tribune before they all merged, and uh, met with the editor, told him what I wanted to do. I said, I just need money for insurance and if you'd like to be the media sponsor well that worked uh, so um, came up with if you ever saw the uniform for the first game everybody would probably be laughing <laughs> uh, I know it's come out once in a while but you know there was a a guy over in New Brunswick that was making uniforms uh, and um, we ended up getting uniforms from them now we're with Adidas 25 years later yeah. and have one of the nicest uniforms ever. And when you see yeah. the newest uniform coming out, people are going to go crazy. Yeah. Because last year our uniform was phenomenal, but... Well, let me tell you, before you go on, so I I have, I still have my jersey. <laughs> and that, it was a Nike one back then. Right. Uh, and it I was. Hung, I hung that up in my dorm room freshman year. And the amount of players who came in and said, was that your high school jersey? No, that's my all-star jersey. And they were like, what, are you kidding me? Because they had these little pennies yeah. as all-star jerseys. They were blown away. And I, I got to wear it. Uh, so we do our like last practice as seniors. We all would wear our high school jerseys. Right. I wore that one just because it was so awesome. It is. Well, I, I can tell you, the Nike jersey was just as nice. So we had the first NFL Nike jersey yeah. before they had it. Yeah. We had that un uniform. I just signed an agreement with Adidas uh, last year for three years. Uh, we had the hottest jersey out there, period. When it came out, the kids were stunned what it was like. And, uh, you know, we were with Snapple for 25 years. There there were some changes that were made. They were bought out by Keurig, mm -hmm. the, the coffee company. There was a couple changes made, and we decided we were going to move in different directions. Autoland has been a sponsor of ours for our banquet for the last three or four years. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark Montanero is a great man. Uh, he has spoken to me earlier about if I ever needed a situation where I might need sponsorship, he would love to have taken the game over. Well, he did. He's uh, He is a trustee for Children's Specialized. 
So we will become the Autoland Classic. We will be wearing the flag jersey shoulders wow. uh, and a camo uni made by Adidas. No we will go with red, white, and blue as our colors from wow. on out. And we were hoping to go, and I haven't announced this yet, but I believe it's going to happen. We're going to become East versus West, yeah. which means Union and Middlesex County will become East. Hunterdon, Somerset, and Warren will become West. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, so, so Union and Middlesex on the same team. Then. Correct. We're looking to make our game a little bigger because our conferences are merging in 2020 officially. Right. Uh, so it would be a 60-team conference. I thought it would be a good idea if we took the game to that level. Yeah. So that's where we're headed. It's, uh, it's all about giving back to the community. I think you know that from your experience. Uh, $682,000 we've donated so far in the 25 years. Uh, you know, we're, we just hope to continue to be better. Uh, it's my passion. Uh, I look forward to it every year, um, and you know it's something great that we do. I mean, it just uh, there's nothing better than that. Now, as far as what I have been doing for the last four or five, actually five years now, I've been a football analyst for MyCentralJersey.com, mm -hmm. the Home News Tribune. I've done some writing for them, uh, for the paper. I have done writing. I have my own team called Borden's Ballers, which is in its fourth year. Um, it, by the way, it's the most read story on election day that you can ever imagine, and it is. It beat out the election this year. The mo we had 162,000 people vote for the Borden Baller of the Year, um, and it's great. Um, I write little blurbs on every kid. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they'll get a shirt, a custom shirt, Adidas shirt, with our names on the back, and they'll be in your division's color, so red, white, blue, and gold this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, it'll have their name on the back, and it has the Borden's Ballers flag logo on the front, so it's pretty sharp. But um, I'm on the sidelines. Uh, I've been doing this for five years. I think I might have been the first sports personality using his phone to shoot games on, I was using Instagram, then I went to Twitter when they allowed more, up to two minutes of video. Right. So what I do is I shoot the game. I'm right on the sideline and I have some shots that are phenomenal shots that people could, I have the .5 second touchdown catch made by Jakari Carter to beat Edison in .5 seconds of the game. I was at the back of the end zone, I was calling the play, he was in motion, I had my phone and I, you know, I was right back there and then I come down the side and I have the perfect shot of him with his two feet in, making the catch right at the back of it with two guys there but mm -hmm. in the back of the end zone. And that particular tweet um, had 30,000 views, that tweet. Yeah. I, I mean, I got the best shot ever, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I think everybody was there, you know, I, mine was clearly showed it just like it came, you know, so it's been fun. I shoot the games like that. I, I have all the kids know me. I, I get some phenomenal shots. I interview kids after the game. The coaches talk to them about the game. Yeah. You know, um, I, it's just the greatest thing. And I get the, I go to, what I do in the preseason is called Camp Caravan. I visit every football camp in the GMC. I try to see every team in GMC, whether it's in practice or a scrimmage. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to a quad scrimmage at the beginning of the year with Edison, South Brunswick, Rawway, and Jackson. It's like, ironically, that was a great scrimmage. And ironically, uh, three of those teams that I saw were all in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and then Edison goes and beats South Brunswick later in the season. Uh, you know, So it's like I see them back in August, and I, you know, I follow them through the season with the games. You know, uh, so I, have, I try to cover the big game of the week. 
I'm on WCTC usually every Friday night. Uh, they'll call me from wherever I'm at to talk about the games in the GMC. I'll be on tomorrow or tonight, and I'll be on tomorrow after the game. I'll be covering tomorrow's bowl game up at uh, Giant Stadium. So it's fun. I'm just like, I'm right in the thick of things. The guys allow me on the sideline. I'm right up and down the sideline in between the players. They all know who I am. I'm shooting right there on my phone. I get some tremendous shots. It's, yeah. it's just fun. I'm just promoting football, yeah. high school football. Love the kids. It's, it's just a, a great, great experience. Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's a little different. I'm not coaching, uh, but I, I surely am in the thick of all those things going on out there. So it's fun. And it you know, just, you know, I get to see every kid in the GMC. Yeah. You know, so I pretty much know who the best players are right from the get go. Yeah. You know, I'm getting around to see them. So, great opportunity. Awesome. So, football's still a big part of my life. Yeah. 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 So, it, it's cool to hear that, you know, as my former head coach and just somebody that I've always looked to as just uh, almost the master of, of the game of football, somebody who knows more about the game than most people will ever uh, know. It's cool to know that you're still involved and, and still enjoying doing it because uh, that's important as well. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, you know, you talk about social media, you know, you honest, obviously understand the importance of this. Um, you know, maybe you can speak on the opportunity that's out there for young kids uh, to potentially use their social media um, to get recognized. Um, by colleges. You know, the reason why I ask is a lot of times social media gets a very negative light when you talk about going into college because kids aren't using it the right way. Well, I think that's, I think that's the, you know, that, that's the number one problem. And you need to know and be careful what you're posting out there. You know, kids understand that, you know, uh, I'm posting out my huddle highlights. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's good. And you may have coaches that you know that are following you. But when you have social media, you gotta be careful what you're doing and what you're what you have out there. Yeah. So, you know, if I if I'm gonna be checking you out and uh, I'm gonna say, Well let's see, let's see what John Gerhardt's uh, social media page looks like. Mm -hmm. So when I go in and I look at your video and your likes and your pictures and your media that you have out there. Mm -hmm. That might be telling me something about you. Right. Now, I hope it's telling me all good things, but um, I don't know if I want to see the pictures in there of uh, you know you smoking a joint. Yeah. I mean, you're in trouble right off the bat right yeah. now. I mean, I know in my estimation, if I'm recruiting you, I've got to worry about you already. Yeah. Why, why would that be on your page? Yeah. I mean, I mean. That tells me a little bit right off the bat about your thought process, right. that there's something wrong here. I mean, right. I'm not going to post that stuff like that. I right. can't be posting myself at a party somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I think many people have found that out the hard way already. So, you know, we're not saying everybody's an angel, because they're not, okay? And, uh, but you have to be very, I think, careful in terms of what you, how you use your social media. So. It's good to be out there and interact and you know, there's a lot that we know that's on social media. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of bad. We know it's all there. Uh, you know, who are you following? Who, who's following you? You know what I'm saying? I mean, people look at, they can look through that stuff, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to find Johnny's uh, uh, 
you know, the handle, like, I don't remember, I'll, I'll go look up, oh, there it is, it's because it's on the other kid I know that's his best buddy, and I got, there it is, oh, I didn't know he had, you know, or there might be a kid doesn't have, doesn't even have an account, and there are, there are some kids out there that don't, yeah. that don't even have it. Is that a bad thing? I don't know if that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm not saying it's a good thing. Uh, I think, uh, it's, I think it would be, if I, you know, if I'm just coaching at the, at the high school now, I would tell all my guys, okay, we're gonna have a, and I, I'd bring mom and dad in too. I'd bring them in, I'd have a meeting in the spring. I used to have a meeting in the spring anyway to talk about college recruiting yeah. and all of that. That would be part of my college recruiting talk. Yeah. We're gonna pull out the phones, gentlemen. Let's pull the phones out. Let's look at social media. And then I'm gonna pull my Twitter feed up and I'll pull it off of the, of the uh, computer and say, well, here, here you go, guys. Here's, you know, the Borden's, he's, What's he got on there? He's retweeting coaches' comments. He's retweeting videos, clips. He wants people. Here's a little saying from this coach. You know that you liked what the message that he had to say. And here's the, here's this kid's huddle highlights. And here's this all the kids' huddle highlights. You know whatever. Here's this clip from a game. I saw that clip. I saw you. You pinned that clip. The Jakarta. Yeah, that one's pinned right now. I pinned it. I haven't pinned any, but I pinned that one. He said that's the play of the year. Okay, good. You got, a, you got a sense of, well, this guy's all football, man. That's all he's got on me. Well, I got football. There might be something else in there where I might send a message. Because I do tweet in Spanish occasionally. Mm -hmm. So I'll send a tweet out to my Hispanic followers that follow me. And it might be football, and it is. Sometimes, sometimes, whatever it is. Um, so um, I think that you need to, as a coach today, to be on top of what your kids are doing with the social media. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Snapchat. It's Instagram. It's, you know, Facebook, some are out there still on Facebook, and it's Twitter, okay? But, you know, and there's all other, there's probably a few out there that, I, that, that, that I'm not even aware of or using, because I ain't got time anyway. Everybody, yes, I don't have time for Snapchat, guys. I don't have time for that. I'm on three social platforms. Anything I post goes from Twitter to Instagram and then to our Facebook page, for, which was for Snappable. So that's where I post stuff. It's all football-related, mm -hmm. you know, so... I just think that there needs to be, uh, kids have to have a general sense of understanding that, you know, it's almost like putting out your resume yeah. of who you are. Right. Right, you know, and uh, you have to be careful. So if you're posting yourself out there in your comments, and I'm interviewing after a game, that might be good about what you said. Somebody wanted to listen to that college coach. Have college coaches that follow my feed. They know I'm out there covering high school football, so they're, they want to hear what Jakari Cardi from Sayreville had to say after the bowl game, or what Holmes, Connor Holmes said from Sayreville after the bowl game, you know, because they know I interviewed this guy or that guy. And I wanted to hear what their thought process yeah. was. You know, how do they talk to? How do they speak? You know, what are, what are they like? And I think those are all things that need to be addressed in today's, uh, you know, social media market because it's out there. It's all there. Yeah. You know, how do you, how can you use it successfully to market yourself? Um, you know, if players ask me that every once in a while, I say, well, put your huddle highlights together, make sure they're not too long, don't need any music because nobody's listening to it anyway. I said, get your top 10 plays out there right off the bat, your best, I don't care if it's on offense, defense, special teams, but don't, don't, don't divvy it up and say, yeah, well, I got my defense and I'm like, no, 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 the guy hasn't got time to watch a, an eight minute tape. Right. He wants to see 10 plays real fast. And those are your best plays, put them in there. Um, you know, get that out there. If you wanted to, you know, there, there are other ways to get your information to the coaches, you know, that they got to be able to, you know, I think use it. I think it's a good thing. 
but they have to be smart and both the building. Right. You know, and I don't know if I, I don't think all the kids are aware of that. Yeah. Because maybe nobody's taking the time to educate educate them. everybody. Right. Correct. And that's you know that, that's a crucial crucial aspect. I think. That's good advice. I think a lot of kids could, could use to hear that. Yeah. Um, I think kids need to be. I, I tell kids, and uh, I think in your in your coach's survey, I said, be an advocate for yourself. Yeah, I'm glad that my coach is helping me out um, and, and doing whatever he's got to do. But I need to take some ownership myself too, in terms of what I can do to uh, you know promote myself at school. So I need to find out. Hey, who the co uh, these are the schools that I'm thinking about going to school at. They have what I want to study. They're not too big. I think I can play football there. I need to find out who all the coaches are that from those programs that recruit Middlesex. Mm -hmm. And then I need to email the coach. If he had a cell phone, I would be respectful enough to, uh, you know, maybe text him and say, Coach, is it all right if I hear my huddle highlights? You know, can, you know and, and then say, if you want to contact me, I'm interested in school. If you're interested, could you call me back? You know, hey, okay, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And I'm sure the coach would take the time out to say, I checked your huddle highlights out. Uh, we're not looking for a, a, a linebacker this year or whatever right. we need to get. We need four DBs. Or hey, that's, each school has to fill in what their needs are. Yeah. So they may be varied, but at least the guy would take the time to get back to you and then be, you'd be respectful of the fact that well, thanks for sending them. You know, if I know if somebody is, I'll pass that along. And a lot of guys talk. Yeah. Hey, I saw this kid's highlights. We don't need a running back this year, but boy, I'll tell you what, if you're looking for one, you got to check that kid out. Yeah. So I, I see nothing wrong with kids promoting themselves, you know, uh, with the help of their coach. You know, because the bottom line is they're going to come back and talk to the coach anyway. Yeah, they want to know about. It. Yeah, you know, I want to know what he's like in a weight room. I want to know. I want to know what, what I'm, he's like in a classroom. Yeah, and he's not. He's not in the principal's office uh, every other day, is he? I want to know these things. Yeah, you know? uh, I've got to do my investigating. So. Yeah, yeah. I think, but I think kids need to know the importance of being socially correct. Yeah, politically correct. Mm -hmm. you know, I think those are the things that they they don't know about. Yeah, you know so. Right. I tell people all the time that these that social they're called social networks because that's really what they are. They're right. an extension of your own uh, personal network that you can use to just go and meet people. Right. And you're not necessarily gonna 100% make a sale. You're not necessarily gonna convince a coach to give right. you an offer right through there, but it's no. gonna give you a chance to get in the door. I just want somebody to take a look at it. Right. right. Take a look at my clips. Right. Tell me if I can play there. Right. You know. Then you know. And uh, if I. If, you know, I might be a track guy too, so I got some legit times. And you know, hey, you're running 10-8. I think we got possibility you could play for us. <laughs> you know, I, I, I saw you ran 10 Whatever. You know, so you, yeah, there's nothing wrong with getting your stuff out. There. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up on that. Uh, and unless you got anything else. No, I think I've yeah. talked quite a bit. We got a lot. We got a lot of content and a lot of cover a lot of good topics. Just wanted to thank you a lot for your time, sure. Coach. And. You know, you continue to make a really positive impact in the community. It's great to see that. It's great to be able to come back and talk with you after playing for you uh, for the time I did and then going playing college and now coming back here and still seeing you do incredible things and enjoy doing it. So. Hey, listen, um, it's, it's my passion. It's my life, football. You know, um, I'd love to sit down with you again if you ever need me. Of course, yeah. I'm sure we will. Okay. All right, thanks a lot. Yeah. Talk soon. Take care. Yeah.